Last week, I had the privilege of being at Awakening Australia. So over in Melbourne, at hey, welcome back from your holidays abroad. I didn't even know Wayne and Mickey had uh, landed back. Let's welcome Wayne and Mickey back. Fantastic. How were your How were your adventures? Lots of food. If, if you guys, um, there's a there's a word in the English dictionary, and it's called to grope. Uh, Groke means to look enviously at someone else's food with the intention and the desire to eat it. Um, if you follow them on Instagram, you'll get lots of opportunity to grok the food uh, that they put up. And they've just been away in uh, Malaysia, which is truly Asia, and a few other places as well. So uh, if you want to find out more about their adventures, grab a coffee with them afterwards. So I was, saying, I was at Awakening Australia last week, so I missed out on being with my home Energizer family here. I missed you guys. And whilst I was over there, I, was, uh, I want to share a little bit about that now. And then tonight, I've got about six or seven people that were also over at Awakening Australia. Um, they're going to be sharing a few testimonies of just what God was doing in them and God was doing through them. Um, with the hope and with the intention of us recognizing that the scripture that Pastor Elizabeth shared today, which I was actually, that was going to be the one scripture I was going to share tonight. <laughs> I didn't even know you were going to share that. But God wants to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Not just on the senior minister of a church or the youth pastor. Not just on the eldership. He wants to pour out His Spirit on every single one of us. And when we choose to be vessels in the hands of the Almighty God and allow His Spirit to move in us and through us, anything is possible. Nothing is impossible. Friends, family that are far from God in your world can be saved and will be saved in Jesus' name. If we choose to live a life where it's a vessel in the hands of the Almighty. If it's my life in the hands of myself, then it might not happen. That's why there's power in a yielded life. Fully given over to the Lordship and the sovereignty. Set apart a royal priesthood, a holy nation for the works that he has predestined for us. So I was reflecting this morning that, you know, God, I actually do believe in the concept of destiny. This isn't part of my message. This is a freebie. This is like the, a, a taster at, at a movie before you watch the real thing. I was just thinking, actually, I do believe in, the, in, in, in destiny. Because it does say in Ephesians that God has prepared good works for us in advance. So that means there is a destiny that God has for us. But too often we're too busy caught up in our own thing to actually get on board and get on the script that he has for us. So I reckon there's a lot of destinies that don't actually come to fruition or, or, or to the fulfillment of what God intended because sometimes we're just too busy focusing on our own thing rather than what is the thing that God has for me. And I want to encourage you, if you get nothing else out of this morning, bring your life into alignment with what God has for you. It will be a wild ride, but it will be the best and excite, most exciting adventure you can ever be part of. Saying all that, so I was at Awakening Australia, get back to what I was saying in the first place, and um, during Awakening, they were, it was an interesting type of conference uh, or event, uh, for choice of words, because it wasn't about getting everyone there just to receive from what was being preached from the pulpit, but it was about empowering the people that were there to then go and just preach on the streets, pray for people on the streets, or be invitational. So every single night they had a different, different guest speaker. They had um, some guy with no arms and no legs. You might have seen him. His name's Nick. Um, 
he's, he's seen like millions of people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And he was saying that you don't need hands, uh, sorry, you don't need arms and legs to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I was just like, whoa, what, what is our excuse from being the hands and feet of Jesus? When a guy with no arms and no legs has led over, I think it was something like 8 million people to Jesus in his ministry. How incredible is that? That's like 10 times the population of Australia, uh, Tasmania. <laughs> Australia. That'd be very bad mathematics. And I, if that was, anyway, that's a lot of people come into faith in Christ through a guy with no arms and no legs. Then on the second night, they had a, they had a guy, um, he has these mad dreadlocks. Um, his name's Todd White. Yeah, you got it. Well done. We're playing a game there. I was seeing who would, who would be like, who is it? Who is it? Oh, Todd White. He, he was preaching and just, God was just moving widely. He got like shot at a heap of times and like from around this range, someone shot nine bullets at him and not a single, single one of them hit him. And that's, and that's when he went, God is real. <laughs> I should be dead. There is no way anyone is that uncoordinated to not hit from three meters away. <laughs> and in that moment, he was just like, God is real. And it just radically changed his life. What excuse do we have for being the hands and feet of Jesus? We don't need to have a crazy experience or lose our arms and legs to be available or, or, or to be a useful vessel for God to do something mightily through our lives. But the cool thing about this event, like I said, it wasn't about just arriving at the event, though they purposely split it into different sort of different focuses. The first, from morning till about three o'clock, it was a real focus of we're going we're to pray for people, we're going to empower people, and then we're going to tell them to go out on the street and either preach, share your testimony to people, pray for people, or if, if you don't feel like you have the courage for those things or the boldness to do that yet, here's a bunch of invitations, just invite people to come back for the night. And I want to encourage you, I don't know where you're at on the journey at the moment, but we can all start where we're at. This week, since I've been back in Hobart, I've had the privilege of praying for about four or five people just on the street in Hobart. I'd never met them before. One guy was a security... Actually, sorry, that's a lie. I'd met the security guard at my local Woolworths a few times just because I'd always like to have a chat to him. I was like, hey, mate, how you doing? Da, 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 da. And I just... But I had a word. I was just... We went out with a bunch of the young adults on Tuesday night and we went and bought uh, connoisseur ice cream sandwiches from Woolworths after we ate dinner. Highly recommend it. Uh... But when we were there just buying our ice creams, I looked up and saw Ryan. I was like, hey, Ryan, do you have a, do you have a back injury by any chance, man? He's like, yeah, I do. How do you know that? I, like, I just felt like God revealed that to me so I could pray for you. He's like, okay. Don't hear that every day as a security guard here in Hobart, Tasmania. But he was open to be prayed for just because I built up a bit of a rapport with him and he knows that I'm a good, seem like a normal person-ish. He's now realized I'm not. Uh, but he let, let me pray for him. And in that moment, he didn't feel much pain in his back anyway. So he was like, oh, I'm not sure if it's healed or not. But I was like, well, I believe it's healed in Jesus' name. And thanks for letting me pray for you. got to pray for another guy with a moon boot uh, on Monday. Um, that, was, that was pretty cool. Got to pick some flowers on Wednesday at the aquatic center. And I was like, I don't know why I'm picking flowers. But then I went down to the hospital. And when I was outside the hospital... This guy came, he just came to me. He's like, oh, nice flowers, mate. And I was just like, cheers. I was like, well, what are you doing at the hospital? He's just like, oh, my partner's about to have a baby. And I was like, these flowers are for you. He's uh, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> really? Uh, and I was like, yeah, they are. I just, I just picked them up at the aquatic center and then I just felt to drive back down here and 
you came up to me. It was the first person that came up to me. And I was just like, I believe they're for you. What's your name, mate? Don. Don, great to meet you, Don. My name's Dan. Oh, it's pretty much the same name. What's your, what your partner's name is? Name is Amy. And he's like, oh, I can't wait. My, my baby's going to be named Hector. I was like, fantastic. That's awesome. What a great name, Hector. I was like, there you go, Hector. There's a, there's a name if you've got a baby brewing, uh, you know, chuck that one into the mix. Uh, Hector, and I was just like, Hector, you don't know me, mate, but I don't think it's coincidence that I randomly appeared with some flowers for your wife. Uh, can I pray for you and for your baby, Hector? And I was just like, yeah, man, sure. He was just so open. <laughs> so I just prayed for him. There on the side of the street. I said, I don't know where you're at on the journey of faith of, of proclaiming your faith and what God has done in your life. But let's start somewhere rather than staying stationary. Because you might not realize it, but the current structure, if we just believe that the lost will walk in randomly into this building over the next 50 years, we're deluding ourselves. We're deluding ourselves. This recipe is not going to see our city saved. This, this part is important. I'm not saying let's throw out and not do church services on Sunday. That would be ridiculous because it, it, it is a platform where it, most of us are free. We can gather together. We can encourage one another. We can strengthen the body. But it's so that we can be sent out, <laughs> not that you can stay in. So wherever you find yourself, I'm really excited that the fact there's a flyer on every single seat here. Um, two weeks ago, I got to do a baby dedication uh, on a Saturday of a family that's never been to our church. Uh, I've just built up a bit of a rapport with them. Uh, they, they thought it'd be a bit weird to come to a service and do a baby dedication. Everyone would be like, we don't know these people. Uh, so they asked me to come around and do a baby dedication at their place. Didn't even have a flyer, but I said, hey, look, we've got a Christmas carnival coming up. I think your kids would love it. And they were like, awesome. Can't, what's the date? They're coming along to our Christmas carnival. They've never been here before, but just from an invitation. And I want to encourage you, I don't know where you're at on that journey of proclaiming your faith or sharing your faith or being bold with your faith, but here is a very, very handy tool that you can use to be invitational to someone that's far from God, where they can then come into an environment that's going to be warm, welcoming, and life-changing, and they'll be able to hear a, well, they'll, they'll see an incredible show, but they'll be able to hear a clear and articulate gospel message as well. So let me encourage you, if you can, take 10 of these, and over the next four weeks, pray and go, God, who are you going to bring before me today that I could hand one of these two and invite them along to this event? Uh, I, 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 I'd love to see us need to actually put on three shows. <laughs> Who would like to see that? The, 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 there were so many people that wanted to come to the Christmas um, expression and the, and the message of the gospel at Energizer Christmas event that we actually have to put on a third show. That's not going to happen just by us putting it up on Instagram and Facebook. It's not even going to happen by us just putting a great ad on Ultra. <gasps> even though that's a good thing. It's actually going to happen through us just being invitational and saying to our next door neighbor, hey, I don't know, you know, I, I know you, but I, I don't know if you know, but I actually attend this place called Energizer and we've got this incredible Christmas carnival coming up. Would love to invite you and one of your friends. And you will actually probably be surprised. Most of them will say, oh, cool. That sounds fun. When's it on? And, and they'll actually be open um, this week, since I've started to be a bit more bold of my faith, because I just realized I'm very bold in a church service. I'm very bold at youth group. I'll pray for healings. I'm very bold in my connect group. 
People out there know that I'm a Christian, but I don't always profess the hope of the world Christ. And it's not just people knowing about your religious stance that's going to see people set free. It's going to be people knowing the hope of glory, Jesus Christ, that is going to set people free. So there needs to be a shift in our mentality and, and, and the reality of our lives to actually see that sort of disciple-like living influence our city. Now, I was super encouraged. A couple of, I've just started preaching over the past few weeks out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10. And if you've missed what I've shared about so far, in, in, the, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, Jesus gathers his 12 disciples and a few more of the crew together. And up until this point, all they had seen was Jesus preaching. All they had seen was Jesus doing miracles. And all of a sudden, Jesus gathers them together and says, hey, look, I'm going to send you guys out now. I'm going to give you authority. First, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you to myself. And that's, that's the starting point for anyone on the journey. We need to be called to Jesus and to know Jesus. He then gives them authority and then sends them out. The week after I shared, shared out of Matthew 10, 7, 7 and 8, it says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And I was so encouraged <laughs> when I was at Awakening, a guy named uh, Daniel Kalenda. He, he's, he's the guy that's taken on the mantle of Reinhard Bonnke to continue the mission work in Africa. Preached one message at Awakening, used just that verse, and pretty much preached word for word what I'd preached the week before here at our service. And I was just like, this is uncanny. He's either listening to our podcasts... Or God's trying to say something to us. Or especially say something to me. Because <laughs> a lot of the time, what, he, what I share from here and what you know, Dave and Alex share from here is what God's been speaking to us firstly. We need to be people that proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come and is near. We need to be people that heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those that have leprosy, drive out demons. You, you don't see demons dri- driven out unless you pray for them to be driven out. You don't see people healed unless you pray for them to be healed. You don't see the dead raised unless you pray for them to be raised. You don't see lepers, we don't generally see lepers here in Hobart, but people that are social outcasts reconciled to community unless you go, love on them, pray and see transformation where they come from death to life, dead in sin to alive in Christ. We need to be people that do that. So, I share all that to, to jump into the next part of where, where I've been reading out of the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 10. And, I, and today I want to read from Matthew 10, 9 to 15. And after I've shared, I've just got a few little short points um, from this chunk of Scripture. Um, I'm actually going to invite the kids from our kids' ministry to come up. And we're going to pray for our kids up, up the front here. Because God wants to work through everyone. It's not like an age bracket or a maturity level that you need to arrive to before God can move through you. We heard it earlier. He wants to pray out His Spirit on all flesh. And I honestly believe that uh, young people have an incredible ability to sometimes see the supernatural that we sometimes don't see because we filter everything through our life experience, through our disappointment, through our unbelief. 
while kids believe. Oh, wow, that could happen. Woo! So they see. I was, I was really encouraged just in the last week to hear um, a friend of ours um, over at Velocity Church, um, Crystal Potter. Uh, she's, she's the youth pastor over there. But her little girl is like three years old. Um, prayed for her um, child care worker at their child care when she found out that she had a bad knee. <laughs> I was like, how cute's that? But more than how cute is that, how encouraging is that, that a three-year-old can believe in the, the healing power of the name of Jesus to say to their 30-year-old um, childcare worker, can I pray for your knee? And that's what I want to see in our kids' ministry. Not just kids that are entertained down there, but kids that are empowered to live out the call of God on their lives. God's got a call on every single child in our kids' ministry. God's got a call on every single child in this auditorium. We're all children of God. So before we jump into Matthew 10, 9, 15, I just thought I'd let you know that that's where we're going at the end of this service in around 20 minutes. Um, But let's pray. Let's pray that we'd receive what God wants to say to us individually and collectively here in this place. God, we just thank you so much for the privilege that it is to be part of your kingdom here in Hobart. But we thank you that you haven't just brought us into the kingdom so that we can be selfish children that stay indoors with our toys and enjoy the incredible blessed blessing that it is to know you. But you want to empower us, equip us, set us free so that we can actually step out of places of comfortable Christianity into, into faith-filled, Holy Ghost-led disciples of Jesus Christ that actually see the kingdom come, see sick people healed, see people dead in sin come alive in Christ. Lord, we thank you so much that you've called us, you've set us apart, and we ask right now that the, the, the soil of our hearts be ready to hear what you want to say to us out of your word, um, that you would strengthen us individually and collectively here today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's read Matthew 10, 9 to 15. Don't take any money in your money belts. No gold, no silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals, or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality, because those who work deserve to be fed. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until uh, his or her home. We'll, We'll just chuck in that there. His or her home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If not, take back your blessing. And if any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, the message of the gospel, that's what we're called to be ambassadors. That's what we're called to profess. That's what we're called to actually share in our Jerusalem, our Samaria, and to our ends of the earth, our Judea. Uh, That's what we're called. We're called to minister locally a bit further into the ends of the earth. That's, That's what we're called to bring. If any household or town refuses to hear that message or welcome that message or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet. As you leave, I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on the judgment day. Point number one, 
for those people that are taking notes, we need to travel light. We need to travel light. It says, don't take any money in your money belts. No gold, no silver or copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. When living a life for Jesus, we need to travel light. You know, I was looking at the internet on on Google uh, a couple of days ago and I found this website called livescience.com. And on livescience.com, they reckon that there's been about 100 billion people to have lived on earth. So dead science now. They reckon, yeah, thank you. Uh, So there's been approximately 100 billion people that have been on earth to this point now. That's a lot of people. Now, the thing is, out of these 100 billion people, not one to date has been able to take their worldly possessions with them into eternity. How incredible is that? Even the Egyptians, who used to do some pretty incredible mummification processes, they'd make some epic chambers, bring down the cats, bring down the dogs, bring down the servants. We're going to lock them in here with a dead body. Even them, they couldn't actually take their earthly, worldly, temporary possessions to an eternal place. And I want to encourage you, if we want to be carriers of this kingdom message that is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came, asked God, lived a life fully man, died in our place on the cross, so that anyone who would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If we want to be carriers of that kingdom message, we need to travel light. Are your possessions possessing you? Are you possessing your possessions? Are your possessions possessing you? Or are you possessing your possessions? I think sometimes we need to stop and pray and and, and search our heart and go, is this thing that I have controlling me? Am I controlling it? Because if these things are controlling our direction, it's amazing. Like, who's got a phone here? Thanks, Grant. Now, this is a, what, what, what iPhone is this? A 7 Plus. Pretty good iPhone. But the thing is, if Grant left this phone here, and he's going to the airport um, after the service, I'm sure he would either encourage uh, Gaynor, his wife, to come back and pick it up, or, or he would probably send one of his two servants, Jack or Jamie, to... <laughs> to to come and pick up the phone. Now, the thing is, if if you took this phone and you left it in, where are you flying to? Wow, he's going to be all over. He'll be praying for Grant this week. He's going to have lots of opportunities to preach the gospel to people that don't know Jesus this week. So be praying for him. But if you left this phone in Perth, you would probably go either, if you were still in the city of Perth, you'd go back to where you left it and you'd go collect it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or if you flew back and somehow you didn't have your phone on you, I'm guessing you use um, jet, you know, you check in with your phone these days. So I don't know how you'd manage to check in without it. What, 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 what do you use if you don't have a phone to check in these days? What? They still do that? Anyway, uh, but it's amazing how we'll go so far out of our way to, to recollect and to search out and to get our hands on a material possession. When that material possession, you're not going to be taking your Apple iPhone to heaven. but we are going to be taking our brothers and sisters in Christ we're going to have all of eternity to worship we only have this time right now to evangelize 
That's why I want to encourage you. We need to, we need to step out of our comfort zones and step into faith zones. And I'm so encouraged. I'm I'm living proof this week on the streets of Hobart. I've preached to a few people and shared and prayed for a few people. I haven't been stoned to death yet. Yeah, I'm I'm glad about that as well. Um, There's only been like two people that have been a bit like, yeah, no, I'm okay. Then I was like, oh, okay. Shake that off. Oh, wait, we'll get to that point after. But we need to travel light. Do your possessions possess you or do you possess your possessions. You know, Jesus commanded to his disciples here when he sent them on mission um, to travel light. He wasn't like my mum. You know, my mum's the complete opposite. My mum's like, have you checked your bag? Have you made sure you packed an extra pair of socks? Well, she still doesn't. When I go travel light, I was in Melbourne last week, she called me and and, and she was just like, oh, Dan, have you you got everything you need? I'm like, it's going to be okay, mum. Even if I get to Melbourne, there's so many shops there. I can just go to 7-Eleven and, and live off um, frozen drinks. You know, I'll be, I'll be, don't do that. That'd be a terrible diet. Uh, but that's why she checks still. But it's interesting that Jesus wasn't like my mum. Most mums here would probably, if you're sending your kids somewhere, you'd be like, have you checked this? Have you got this? Have you got that? Have you got this? Have you got that? Have you got this? Have you got that? Have you checked that five times? So you still have this. You haven't put it down somewhere. But Jesus was like, no, no, don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, silver, even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes or sandals or even a walking stick. He was like, actually, no. Walk out in faith. Trust that I will provide everything you need as you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Because if we're chasing or just trying to get all our bits and bobs all together before we actually step out to do anything. We probably won't do anything. We need to step out as we are with the calling calling of God, with the anointing and the authority of God and with faith that our God will move mightily as we step out in faith. We We must travel light. It's impossible to please God without faith. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The second thing that jumped out to me through this one is hospitality. It says in Matthew 10, 10, the second part of it, don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. So be hospitable and accept hospitality. Be hospitable and accept hospitality hospitality. If you are someone that is living a life where you're saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the gospel. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to believe that God has me here in Hobart for a reason, not just to collect a pay packet, to collect superannuation and then die 50 years from now. But I believe that he's sent me here for a purpose, on purpose, that he has prepared good works in advance of me to do here in Hobart. Number one, we need to accept hospitality. Someone invites us around for dinner and just wants to bless us. Don't be so proud to not receive it. You know, I, I was just reflecting on this, but I think, I think hospitality actually helps us in our humility. When we choose to actually receive hospitality, it actually helps soften our hearts to become more humble. And, you know, God can work with people that are filled with his spirit and that are, that, are, that are walking humbly before God. Humility through hospitality. 
We need, to, we, need, we need not to be so proud to receive what God has asked his sons and daughters to not hesitate in receiving. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality. And then on the flip side, let me encourage you, let's choose to be ridiculously hospitable. Like if there's a, if there's a uni student going through exams, be ridiculously hospitable to them. Be generous. Be loving. Be over the top with your kindness. Because love's got to look like something. You know, Heidi, Heidi Baker, when she was preaching at um, Awakening, was saying, love's got to look like something. It can't just be this ethereal, intangible thing out there. It's got to actually manifest to our action. So number, one, we need, number two, we need to accept hospitality. Because Jesus said, don't hesitate to accept it. If someone's being generous towards you, just be thankful that God is so generous to you and honor him first, seek first his kingdom. But on the second side of that, let's recognize that our part to play might be to be the hospitable person for someone who's moved here, who feels a call of God to minister here. So let's do everything we can to, to love those people in a tangible way, not just with a, yeah, Jesus loves you, high five, yeah, sweet. Oh, you have had no food this week. Oh, that's, that sucks. Yeah, let, let's make sure that our love actually manifests to action, to be hospitable. Number one, we must pack light. Number two, hospitality, be hospitable, accept hospitality. You know, in the, in, um, the book of Titus, one of the letters to, to Titus, it says, a church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be, an, must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home. And he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must enjoy having guests in his home. Let's make sure our houses are tidy. <laughs> Has anyone ever not invited people around because your house looks like a bombshell, sit up? Yeah, 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 six days a week. There you go. Now, uh, maybe I'm li- living in a place or a paradigm that most people don't live in. I don't have children. So, <laughs> so but, but I lived quite childishly for a while because at times my bedroom wasn't overly tidy. Um, I was so encouraged recently. One of my housemates, Alan, actually said to me, like, I went to go upstairs. It's like, oh, don't come up, don't come up. My, 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 my room's dirty. And I was just like, oh, it's all good, man. It's just like, my room's dirty at the moment. He's like, no, 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 your room's clean. It's like a girl's room. And I was like, <laughs> and I was just like, life goal 29. Sent a message to my mom. Guess what? My room's clean. Uh, she loved it. Uh, but <laughs> hashtag that. Um, it's because I have plants in my room. Like, what sort of, what sort of guy has plants in his room? Um, anyway. What I'm saying is I feel real comfortable with having people over now because I've made my living area super clean and welcoming. Um, Let's not allow little things like just being unorganized from stopping us from actually being hospitable. Uh, Or if currently your season of life, it is impossible. Look, like I said, I'm living in a place where I don't have children. Um, Work out other ways to be hospitable. Go, well, what, what could I do? Maybe I could take someone out for coffee. That way the cleaning is on the company that you're going to. 
And if you want to choose McDonald's, that's cool. But if you want to hit up somewhere that's like really fresh and good, then you can do that too. Or you can bring them to my house. They just have to like cats. You know, I, I was so humbled when I, when I went to New Zealand when I was 18. Like just the amount of hospita- hos- how hospitable uh, people I'd never met before. I backpacked around for four months. And in those four months, I reckon at least two and, a, two and a half of those months, I was just staying with random Christian people I'd never met. Just because I went to a Word bookshop, they, they, they don't have cool wrong, they have Word. And in that Word bookshop, I met a youth pastor and they were like, come to our youth group on Friday night. It was a Thursday, I was like, sure. And then when I got there, these two other youth leaders were like, hey mate, just come crash on our floor for the next few days. I was like, sick, sweet, that saves me 40 bucks. Uh, and, I got to, and I got to make friends that I still, still connect with today. And even, um, even just when I was at Awakening, uh, th- this was, actually, this will be part of my next point. This will be funny. The next point, choose to bless. Choose to bless. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person. Per- 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 person. Everyone say person. Person. <laughs> And stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your, everyone say this word with me, blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If not, take the blessing back. We need to be people that choose to speak blessing and choose to sow with a blessing mentality. If this is your spiritual home, we need to choose to speak blessing over this house. I was thinking, what does that mean for us collectively as a church congregation? This is, our, this is the house of God. And soon, in the next 12 months, we'll probably be in a different building, but it's not about the building, it's about what we're part of that we're building. That is the house. That is the place that we need to speak blessing over and sow blessing into. Now, I have a mate named Brett, and Brett... I met at the start of the year. He randomly heard that I was renovating my house in New Norfolk. He was up at King's home. I'd never met him before. He decided to come down to my house and he helped paint all the inside of my house. I'd never met him before. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. I had the privilege of, when I went over to Melbourne this week, I, I, he doesn't have a truckload of money. Um, I don't have a truckload either, but... Um, a little bit more in a more blessed financial position than he is currently. I was just like, man, I'll buy accommodation. You can just come stay here. And it was incredible. When I was there, he, he realized that the sink in the bathroom wasn't draining properly. So he unscrewed the thing, took it out, got something, scraped out every, all this gunky stuff that was inside it. It was disgusting. Poured boiling water down it to try to clear it, cleared it and then fixed it. And then it was all just flowing better. I was just thinking, can you imagine... If every time a Christian stayed at a hotel, we left it better, that message that it would actually leave, like, he didn't have to do that. He could have just went, oh, that's a point you to think. But he's just like, you know, I'm actually going to bless this place. I reckon I can fix this. And he chose to fix it, even though he got nothing out of it per se. If we carry that same heart and that same mentality to every place that we step into, into the workplace you step into, into the house that you're visiting when, when, when you're catching up with family, <laughs> into the school that you're stepping into, into the social circle that you've just stepped into, 
If we choose to step into that with, I'm going to speak blessing and sow blessing into this group. I honestly believe that that would have a radical impact on the people that we come across. A radical impact. And the cool thing is, if, 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 if you live that sort of way and the people that you choose to bless and you cho- choose to speak blessing over and not up for it, he's just like, that's okay. Jesus is like, just don't do it anymore. Just go somewhere else. You, can, you let off the hook. You don't have to continue to sow somewhere that, that you know in your heart you're not meant to go. You don't have to sow where you're not meant to go. That must be true of rhymes. It's almost like Stephen Furtick preaching there. <laughs> if you listen to him, just pretty much everything rhymes. It's like, well, helps you remember it. But Brett lives in a way that he just wants to bless wherever he goes. So everywhere he, he goes, he sows and he speaks blessing over. What if all Christians lived that way? I reckon we could have an incredible impact. You know, in, in the book of Acts, all the believers devoted themselves and they, and they, they shared meals together. And, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They even sold properties and possessions and shared the money with those that were in need. Um, if we live with a, with a mentality like that, where it's what God puts into my hands is not actually mine, but he's just placed it there for a time for me to steward. When we live like that, the impact that we can have, number one, collectively in our church congregation, because um, the Apostle Paul did say, they'll, like the world will know that you guys are my followers for your love for one another. People will hear radical testimonies of just how people have just been blessed and loved in a community that will actually then They'll, they'll taste and see that God is good and go, I, I want some of that. But then number two, it'll actually spread from there. You can't con- uh, uh, Living a lifestyle like that can't be contained in, a, in just your community. It flows out. <laughs> it blesses the, 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 the soccer club down the road. It blesses the school that are in a fundraiser. It blesses people that are going through hardships in your street. Living that sort of way, that blessing, you, you can't contain it. It just flows out. And that's what God's calling us to live like. To live in such a way where we speak blessing, sow blessing, and then see blessing flow. Number four, and my final point, and we're going to have the kids up here in about five minutes or three minutes. We're going to pray for our kids. We're going to pray that God uses them powerfully in their kindergartens, in their primary schools, that they would have no filter (laughs) of the gospel. Of the gospel. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> we want them to filter some things. <laughs> but the gospel. Um, the next part, it says, says this. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. Sometimes when advancing the kingdom, things don't go according to plan. So the question is, what will you do? God doesn't say vent on Facebook. He says, shake the dust off your feet. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, a hater's going to hate, but I'm just going to shake. 
<laughs> it's back. Taylor Swift is back. Oh, I love it. I love it. Sorry. I couldn't help myself. When you read that, you've just got to bring it in. Uh, you've got you to shake it off. Um, don't let your past disappointment stop you from, from the present possibility. Don't let your past disappointment stop you from the present possibility because God wants to see the gospel preached to people in your world. And as you live that sort of way, there will be setbacks, there will be knockbacks, there will be kickbacks. But when you live a life that sees the gospel preached through your life, when those things happen, you just got to shake it off. Don't take it personally. It's not you that they're rejecting, they're rejecting him. Jesus said it himself. When you live that way, you will be rejected. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. You will be rejected, but it's not you that they are rejecting, they're rejecting Jesus. And as heartbreaking, it should be heartbreaking. As heartbreaking as that is, you can't take that to heart. You've actually just got to shake that off and go, okay, that soil is a bit hard at the moment. I'm just going to leave it there. And I'm going to go to the next town. I'm going to go to the next place. 